So you're thinking about running, but not sure how to take the first step. My name's Brian Patterson, and I'm here to help. And welcome to Brian's Rompod. Welcome back to Brian's Rompod. If you've been listening to the past episodes, I just want to say a very big thank you. In today's episode, we're going to be looking at something that I'm really bad at, and that is stretching. Also, we're going to be looking at another one of the icons of the sport. So what we're going to do is we're going to look at the benefits. When should we stretch? What are the best stretches for runners? Um... I'm specifically going to be looking at tight hips uh, because I know it is a stretch or it is, it is a common injury for most runners. And um, so we will look at, let's say, 10 good stretches for tight hips. And I know it's something that I do suffer from in particular. So should runners stretch? Well, as runners, we've long been told that stretching can help cut out chances of injury ease the pain of tight muscles and give us performance boost by increasing our range of motion. According to a recent research from the University of California, Santa Barbara suggests that stretching may not be that beneficial to runners after all. Chris Lorty, a biologist at the National Center of Ecological Analysis and Synthesis in Santa Barbara, told the BBC that while stretching may improve your flexibility, from a performance point of view, there is really no benefit. It is not going to make you run faster or better. Also, he says, for easing the pain of delayed onset of muscle soreness, soreness DOMS, some studies have found that stretching has been negligible in negligible effect. So let's ask an expert. So heading out for a run when your muscles are stiff and tight is pretty uncomfortable. But Hannah Williams, um, an osteopath and owner of Burton Joyce Osteopath in Nottingham, advises against doing traditional static stretches pre-run. So static stretch, when you hold one stretch for a period of time, can reduce muscle power, strength and explosive performance when done before a workout. So that is like doing a traditional quad stretch and then a normal hamstring stretch. Instead, she advises joint mobilization exercises such as high knees, leg swings, butt kicks to prepare the joints and muscles while you're out to use for exercise. This will also increase your heart rate slowly to help ensure blood is pumping around the body and your muscles are warmed up and ready to go. One of my favorite YouTubers, Ben Parks, does a really good warm-up video which takes you through most of these exercises and I'll provide a link in the show notes. So should you stretch after a run? Yes, definitely, says Williams, who recommends stretching immediately after your run and also the following day if it's been a tough session. Stretching after a run keeps your muscles supple and prevents them from shortening. It also increases circulation, which helps reduce and filter out the lactic acid that builds up during exercise, causing muscle stiffness and soreness. Can stretching prevent injury? 
Well, a short answer is yes. A very tight and overused muscle becomes weak and vulnerable muscle, William says. Tight muscles can add additional strain to whatever they're attached to, which can cause joint pain and compression alignment and postural issues and inflammation. For example, Achilles tendonitis is an extremely common injury to runners, for, and it often develops because the calves are overworked and become chronically tight. This increases the pull and demand on the Achilles tendon, resulting in micro-tears which become inflamed, and the tendon can eventually rupture if not treated. She also notes that tight muscles have poor circulation, which can lead to cramping and poor muscle repair. I know from personal experience that I do suffer from night cramps and have wondered if this is related to my poor stretching regime. By the way, a good tip uh, for that is magnesium oil. So definitely ask your local pharmacy about that. Can stretching boost boost your running performance? Well, according to Williams, the jury is out on that one, surprisingly. Stretching on its own in a healthy, uninjured, well-trained runner probably wouldn't impact performance too much, she says. However, if somebody has an old injury or really tight hip flexors or stiff hips or a thorough stretching program would work wonders for freeing up those joints and improving muscle function, in in turn improving their running. We will look at some of those stretches for tight hips uh, later on in this episode. Which, by the way, I do suffer from, which is tight hip flexors. So is stretching worth it for runners? Most of us enjoy the feeling of a good stretch. And while some studies throw doubt into the benefits, Williams thinks that stretching offers advantages for the majority of recreational runners. Many studies focus on serious athletes, she says, and it's important to remember that this isn't most of us. People hold down a full-time job and squeeze in a few runs per week, need different fitness and rehab regime. Lots of us sit at a desk from nine to five, me included, and don't have the same levels of muscle strength or stamina as a professional athlete or access to coaching. So this is an important point. For us, stretching is a way to combat everyday life and allow us to better enjoy our hobbies injury-free. She recommends all runners stretch their hip flexors, glutes, hamstrings and calves and add strengthening exercises for the same areas and core work to their training regimes. So we are going to do some stretching and let's come up with some golden rules. Don't consider stretching a warm-up or you may hurt yourself if you stretch cold muscles before stretching warm up with some light walking jogging or biking or low intensity for five to ten minutes focus on major muscle groups concentrate your stretches on the the major muscle groups such as the calves hips thighs lower back neck and shoulders make sure that you stretch both sides don't bounce Stretch can stretch in a smooth movement without bouncing. Bouncing as you stretch can injure your muscle, can actually contribute to muscle tightness. Hold your stretch. Breathe normally and hold it, hold each stretch for about 30 seconds. In problem areas, you may need to hold it for about 60 seconds. So what we're going to do is we're going to go through 10 hip stretches. 
So the first one we're going to do is the chair stand. And by the way, um, there will be a link in the show notes to all these stretches. So chair stand, rest the back of a, of a chair against a wall. Sit on the edge of a seat with your feet flat on the floor and the knees bent. Cross the palms, placing each hand on the opposite shoulder. Lean back into the chair Lean forward and with a straight back and shoulders, slowly move into a standing position. Slowly sit and repeat that for 10 times. Knee lift. Lie on the floor, on the back, lie on the back, on the floor or a mat with both legs extended. Move the left knee up to the chest. Use both hands to pull the knee gently close to the chest. Hold for 10 seconds. Repeat with the other leg perform 10 times on each leg. The internal hip rotator stretch. Sit with your back against the back of a chair, lift the right leg and place the right ankle on the left thigh and the right knee pointing out to the side. Gently press down on the right thigh with one hand until you feel resistance. Lean forward slightly at the hips keeping the back straight and slowly breathe out while doing this. Hold this pose for about 30 seconds and repeat on the other leg. The external hip rotator stretch. Sit up on a yoga mat with a straight back and legs extended. Bend that left leg and cross it over to the right leg so that it's the left leg, left ankle is resting beside the right knee. Use the right arm to push the left knee towards the right shoulder until you feel resistance. Slowly breathe out. Never push until the point of pain. Hold this pose for about 30 seconds and repeat on the other leg. The double hip rotation. Lie flat on the back on the floor. Lie flat on the back on the floor or a mat and bend the knees. Extend the arms away from the body. Keeping the knees together, lower them to the floor on the left side and try to keep the thighs perpendicular to the body. Turn the head to the right side and make sure that both shoulders stay firmly against the floor or mat. Hold this position for up to 30 seconds. Slowly lift the knees and return the head to the starting position and repeat on the opposite side. Hip flexor or quadriceps stretch. Stand facing a wall with the hip feet hip width apart. Place the hands on the wall for balance. Take a step back with the right foot, keeping the knee bent. Slightly bend the left knee, ensuring that it does not move past the toes. Squeeze the buttocks muscles and keep them under the hips. You should notice a gentle pulling sensation in the front of the right hip and thigh. Maintain this position for about 60 seconds and repeat on the other side. Hip extension. Standing, facing a wall with the feet hip width apart, place the hands on the wall for balance. Tighten the stomach muscles and keep the back straight and slowly extend the left leg behind the body. Extend the left the leg the leg back as far as possible without letting the lower back arch. Hold the position for about five seconds. Return to the starting position and repeat for 10 times and perform the exercise on the other side. Hip abduction. Stand facing a wall with feet together and place the hands on, on 
either the wall or the hips for balance and raise the left leg out to the side as high as possible without rotating the hips and then hold for five seconds. Return to the starting position and repeat again for 10 times. Do the exercise on the other side. Really important to get the balance on both sides of the body. Bridge. Lie on the back, on the floor or mat. Bend the knees and keep the arms by by themselves. Place the palms on the floor. Gently raise the pelvis and lower back off the floor. Hold this position for about five seconds. Slowly return to the starting position and lower the top of the spine first, working down to the buttocks and repeat up to ten times. Hip and back stretch. Lie flat on the back, on the floor or mat. Bend the knees. Using both hands, pull the knees into the chest. With each breath out, bring the knees slightly closer to the shoulders. Do not go farther than is comfortable. Once the knees are as close as possible to the shoulders, hold this position for 30 seconds. Repeat several times a day on both sides. Maybe this is something you could do in the office at lunchtime. Other remedies, um, you can use a foam roller. Um, I'm sure there are lots of videos on YouTube about using a foam roller to help ease out the uh, hip flexors. Um, You can have massages, uh, a heat pack. Um, You can just move more frequently, so get your step count up. Um, And they also recommend um, a quality mattress. So in summary... Um, specific stretches and exercises are among the most effective ways to alleviate tightness and pain in the hips. Regular exercise can increase mobility and reduce the risk of hip injuries. Other home treatments such as heating pads and foam rollers may also be effective in easing hip tightness. However, anyone with severe or persistent hip pain should see a doctor to diagnose the underlying cause and get appropriate treatment. It is important to avoid continuing any activity that contributes to hip pain. If necessary, seek guidance and help from a physical therapist or personal trainer. As we've become more sedentary, we are going to suffer from these types of ailments, so it is important to move about more more frequently. Little things like take the stairs, not the lift. Walk to the further bus stop than you would normally take. All this will help. Now it's that time of the week where we'll be looking at um, an icon of the sport. I remember the first record I broke in Oslo in 1979 was an extraordinary moment because it was very unexpected. I'd literally just come out of slithering my way to a degree and trying to train at the same time. And that afternoon before the race in Oslo, I rang my old man up as my coach and I just said, look, you know, what do you think we should do today? And he didn't want to take time off from the business. And he said, well, just go out and run as hard as you can and we'll get a benchmark. That was Sebastian Coe talking on Desert Island Discs and you can find that particular excerpt, excerpt on BBC 
sounds. He was talking about his dad, um, who is the subject of our icon of the week. This week, we're going to be talking about um, Peter Coe, the father and coach of Sebastian Coe. Coe would admit that he owed a lot of his success to his father. Coe would later say, um, ask me what makes a champion runner and I'll tell you it helps to have a great good sense to choose your parents carefully. Peter Coe was born in Percy Newbold, Newbold uh, in Stepney. The only child of carpenter and joiner uh, Percy Coe, 1893 to 1974, who had served with the East Surrey Regiment and East Kent Regiment during the First World War, and Violet, daughter of a professional gambler and gymnast, part of a family music hall tumbling act, Henry Breton Newbold. Coe had a younger brother, Peter, who died in infancy in 1928, and he took on his brother's first name as a dedication to him. He was brought up in just two rooms in Cambridge Heath Road. Although he won a scholarship to Westminster School, going there from a West London comprehensive school was a culture shock for Coe, and he shortly after left, having been offered a similar scholarship to Emmanuel School in Battersea. Coe worked in the Merchant Navy at the age of 19 during the Second World War and was on a boat named the A.D. Huff when he was torpedoed by the German battlecruiser Guinness now. Again, I don't know how I pronounce that name, um, leaving him as one of only five survivors. He was picked up by a German boat and was made to work in the kitchens because he spoke fluent German. He was to be transferred to a prisoner of war camp, but escaped by jumping off a train along with a Canadian prisoner. He then walked all the way way from Germany to Spain, where he was imprisoned for six months. After the war, while Sebastian was still young, the family moved to Sheffield from Middlesex, and he worked there as a production engineer in the steel uh, cutlery factory George Butler and Co eventually becoming the production manager he did not begin coaching Sebastian or Seb until just before he turned 50 his favorite sport being cycling rather than athletics interestingly Co became dissatisfied with the athletics coaching offered to his son Sebastian at his first club the Holmshire Harris This training was based on the principles propounded by the New Zealand coach Arthur Lydiard, who we will have, who we have talked about in one of our previous episodes, and involved a substantial amount of long distance running. By contrast, Coe took the view that long, slow training turned you into a long, slow runner and adopted a system of speed endurance training involving fast repetitions with short recoveries based on the ideas of a German coach, Woodmar Gerschler. He used his fluency in German to translate many of the East German books in training, and much of his training was based on self-taught biomechanics from his background as an engineer. In addition to coaching his son, Sebastian, Peter Coach, Peter, 
Coe also coached Wendy Smith-Sly, who placed second in the 3,000 metres at the 1984 Olympics. She would often re- he would often refer to himself as Sebastian Coe's, Coe's coach rather than his father. And that's a wrap for another exhilarating episode of Brian's Rompod. Thanks for tuning in, folks. As always, we've got your back with all things running. And next week, get ready for some awesome beginner hints and tips to kickstart your running journey. Oh, and before we sign off, exciting news. We're now available on YouTube. So whether you're pounding the pavement or chilling at home, you can catch us there too. Plus, we have a new feature on the podcast. You can now send me a message. Yep, you heard it right. Brian's Rompod has become interactive with the audience. If you look at the top of the episode description, tap on send us a text message. You can tell me what you think of the episode or alternatively what you would like covered. If you're lucky, I might even read them out on the podcast. Hey, if you want to keep up with the latest updates, behind the scenes fun and even some exclusive content, make sure to follow me on social media. You can find me on Twitter or should I say X at Brian's Rompod. We've also just launched a shiny new Facebook page. Simply search for Brian's Rompod and give us a like. And don't forget to hop on over to Instagram where you can catch all our visual adventures at Brian's Rompod. For those of you who love diving deep into the episodes, head over to our website, www.briansrompod.co.uk. And there you'll find detailed show notes, handy chapter markers, make it too easy to navigate through our favourite discussions. Please leave a review as it will always help find others find this podcast. Music is by Happy Days by Stock Audio, not forgetting artwork by Alice Patterson. Till next week, thanks again for listening. 